Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So it is that time of the year. We are at the end of August and soon to be the beginning of September. And it is back to school time. And most people are already back at school, but perhaps you are lucky enough to not be there yet and Labor Day comes first and you get to go back to school after Labor Day. Now, what's weird is I have been out of school for a very, very long time. And even now, at this age and at this stage in life, when I start to see back-to-school advertisements or back-to-school displays in stores, I still get pissed off about it. I still feel so disappointed and so stressed out, and it doesn't seem to go away. I don't know what that is, but it just never ends. I suppose that all things back to school are, on some level, a trigger. But what does it mean, right? What does September mean to people? Because I do believe that we all sort of operate on cycles. And for most of us, if you're like me, you've probably spent enough time in school to where September means kind of the same thing to you. So what happens in my practice is it's a time where I decide to get reorganized. I start cleaning things out, making sure that all of the loose end crap with insurance and billing and junk like that is cleaned up. I come up with better systems. I just basically take care of everything that needs to be set up, cleaned up, reorganized for the year. And to me, the year does sort of start in September. Now, what happens on the client side of therapy is that a lot of times I kind of don't see people as much during the summer. Either they're on vacation or they don't want to deal with certain issues. And then what happens is there is sort of an influx of people at the end of August and early September. And it's people who have been taking breaks from therapy and people who have been on vacation, but also it's a time when a lot of first timers come to therapy. And there's something about that, like we all have to get serious in September. Now, what my question is, where is school at now? I've been away from school myself for so many years that sort of what it looks like as an outsider looking in is a lot different than when I was there as a student. And I know that there is particularly a lot of controversy right now about what should be taught in school. I think there has always been controversy about what subjects should be taught. I mean, I came from a time when we had home economics and plastics and everybody was required to take this in a public high school. I don't think they even have those things anymore. Now the debate in schools might still be about what subjects the students should be taking, but the debate is about now how it is presented. 
And I know that the way that math is presented has changed over time, depending on who's in office. And now it's about how history is to be presented. So I don't know what it is to be a student nowadays amidst all of this. I don't know if that's confusing or if it's just like that's what the school experience is. Now, I think when we start talking about college level stuff, when we start talking about kids finishing up their high school careers and thinking about college, that whole thing is really super weird and always has been. The idea that somebody who is about 16 years old has to decide where they want to live, what school they want to go to, and what major they should choose in order to go to college. Now, there's so many things wrong with that. The first one being that we as a society are asking kids who have very little life experience to decide what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. That's a crazy thing to ask to begin with. Another reason that it is completely crazy to ask somebody that age to decide where they're going and what they're going to do in school is because the prefrontal cortex, the front part of a person's brain, is not finished developing during those years. In fact, the prefrontal cortex doesn't even finish developing until age 25-ish. And this is something we have discovered over time. Now, what is the prefrontal cortex? That is your judgment center. That is the place where people make good versus bad decisions. And we can assume that the less development in your prefrontal cortex, the less likely you are to make good judgments. And yet, we are asking people in this age range to figure out where they're going to go and what they're going to do. Now, I think in Europe, they make these decisions a lot better. In Europe, they decide which students should go to an academic route and which students should end up doing something artistic or doing something trade-oriented. And they determine this based on sort of how people are doing in school and probably things about their personality types and whether they can really tolerate focused work or if they do better being outside or if they have better fine motor skills or better gross motor skills. I'm sure it's determined by a number of factors. I think testing is also one of those things that determines whether a student should be on a path to college or a path somewhere else. Now, the problem in the U.S. is that we believe everybody should go to college. And I don't know when that started. There came a time in America where we decided that blue collar was bad and white collar was good and everybody should have a chance 
to be white collar. Everybody should have a chance to go and work in an office and have some kind of prestige because of that. And I don't know where that happened, but it seems to me that a lot of people that I talk to, things aren't really working out so well. That going to an office job does not necessarily mean prestige or money. And what I'm learning is that a lot more people in the blue collar realm are actually doing a lot better financially. And sometimes seem a lot happier. But this is something that has happened, that we have kind of forced people to go to college or sold people the idea that they have to go to college or they should be going to college or they should want to go to college. And that's just silly because we can't all be doing the same thing all the time. We have different strengths. We all have different strengths in different areas. And Mike Rowe, who, who hosted the show Dirty Jobs, has really done a deep dive into understanding trades. And he was recently on TV talking about this organization called Skills USA. You can find them at skillsusa.org. Not only do they encourage young people to get involved in trades, but then they also have competitions for excellence in those trades. And I think that's fantastic because ultimately we need people to do all the things in the trades. I saw a documentary recently that said we don't have anyone who does watchmaking anymore. And so I know a lot of young people don't wear watches and they just look at their phones or they look at their Fitbits and they look at the time that way. But those of us who are older enjoy the convenience of a regular watch that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to press any buttons. You just look down at your wrist and there's the time. And so to think that there may be a time when we don't have people who can make watches anymore is crazy. Now, one of the things that was always true about college is that there were certain majors that if you didn't take it further than a bachelor's level, you probably weren't going to do anything with that major. A good example of that is psychology. And that was true back when I went to school. And it's actually true now that if you don't have at least a master's degree, you will not be doing anything related to any kind of counseling or therapy at all. In fact, if you have a bachelor's degree in psychology, you're more adept at taking a job doing something unrelated to psychology where psychology is used, like being a salesperson or something like that. But if you want to work in the field of psychology, if you just have a bachelor's degree, all you're probably going to do is be some kind of assistant who does menial tasks around a psychiatric facility or office. So it is kind of a weird major in a way if you're not planning on going all the way with it, which in this case is at least a master's degree. Now, I can't say 
that a bachelor's degree in psychology is completely useless because it can lead to other avenues, but I don't think in and of itself. And then there are other majors that I think even the bachelor's degree is probably totally useless. And I don't know, I don't understand what you do with a women's studies degree. My guess is that you go and you work for some kind of organization that's pro-women, but wouldn't that be more along the lines of a public health degree? I'm not sure. I don't understand where that leads. Now, I'm all for people talking about feminism and women's roles in society. I mean, certainly that's important. It's important to me. I wouldn't be where I am today without women's liberation. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so what are we doing? We're making a whole bunch of young females angry about how they've been treated in our society. And then they're getting a degree in this. And they're, where are they going afterwards? What kind of job are they getting after that? It's very confusing to me, and that's not the only one. There are a bunch of degrees where I just don't understand where they lead. They seem like dead-end hobbies. They seem like they don't lead anywhere. So then it becomes a question of what is the purpose of college then? Is the purpose of college to get a career and live the rest of your life working in an industry related to the degree that you have? Or is the purpose of college an opportunity for people to just go somewhere and learn to grow up? Or to get away from your family? Or to get away from the city or town you grew up in? Or a way to figure out who you are. And I think it can be all of those things, but sometimes it seems to me like the major kind of doesn't matter if all of those other reasons are the reasons to go to college. Now in my field, there are a lot of people with a lot of degrees. And I have four degrees myself, but I know people who have even more than that. And then it becomes a question of people hanging out in school because they're hiding from having to deal with real life, particularly graduate school. Because if you're in graduate school, you presumably have so much work to do that it's really kind of impossible for you to work anywhere while you're in graduate school. And it is really kind of impossible for you to have a real romantic relationship when you are in graduate school. And I didn't believe that at first. And maybe when I got my master's degree, I had more time on my hands. But when I got into my doctoral program, the first thing they said to us that first orientation week was, if you are involved in a romantic relationship, it's not going to last. Now, 
all of us who were in relationships at that time laughed at that statement, thought they might be joking, didn't think that maybe those people understood our relationships because our relationships were special and no one can understand how connected we are to our partners. Whatever the case may be, after graduate school, none of us were in relationships. Even people who went into that program married came out divorced. Because what is graduate school? Your entire life becomes consumed by that, by that which you are learning. And you don't have time or energy for anything else. And so as a result, you lose your partner because your partner needs a person, not a shell of a person. So when people go and get all these different degrees and they stay in graduate school forever and they don't go out into the world and get work experience, there is a question about whether or not that person is hiding out and avoiding adult responsibilities, maybe adult relationships. It's a good question. And I do have people I know who are colleagues who I do think that that is what they are doing. So a lot of times too, in private practice, I will get people who show up at middle age, in the middle of what might be a midlife crisis, but usually it's not. Usually it's about career. That people show up in middle age with their presenting problem for therapy as, I hate what I do for a living. It makes me want to die. The rest of my life is fine. Just not that. Just not my career. So I'll usually get into it with people about why they do what they do and how they got there. And a lot of times what it is is that they made a decision to go to school, to go to college, for something that they thought would be lucrative or stable or something like that. Whatever their belief system was when they were younger is the thing they went to school for. And so there was a sense that they could never escape it because when you get a degree in something, and especially if you went on to get more than a bachelor's degree. You went to graduate school, law school, med school, whatever it was. If you went on and got serious about that school, there's not a chance in hell that you could possibly change your mind about that later. People feel like they were stuck because they had devoted so many years to learning something and creating a career for themselves that there was no turning back. And so they had no choice but to go on and become whatever that was. 
doctor, lawyer, psychologist, whatever it was. And they can't turn around. But somewhere along the way, they started to feel like this wasn't their thing. It wasn't exactly what they wanted to do. Now, some people I have talked to knew that in college. They knew that they weren't super interested in whatever their major was, but they decided to go for it anyway because it was stable or it was going to make money for them or their parents expected them to do that. Somebody expected them to get a degree in this thing because somebody else in their family has a degree in that same thing and so that's what we do in our family. But the truth of it was that it didn't ever make the person happy. And so I get people showing up in therapy trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do if they don't like the thing they've been doing for all these years. And there is no easy answer here. A lot of times people will come to therapy and say, I went to school for this. This has been my career for all these years. I'm fundamentally unhappy. I want you to help me to be happy. And I will suggest that perhaps they consider another career since the answer is so obvious that they hate what they're doing for a living and they never come back again. That's the last time I see them because really what they wanted me to do was to help them to tolerate a career that has become intolerable and I don't have a magic wand. I cannot create happiness if you're not willing to change anything about your situation whatsoever. Now, I understand you committed to something in school all those years ago, and it's hard to walk away. But also, midlife is the place where people become intolerant of feeling uncomfortable and stressed anymore. Sometimes people in midlife start having physiological symptoms. They might develop some kind of disease because of their stress, or they might start putting on a bunch of weight because they don't have time to exercise or their metabolism has slowed down and the stress has caught up or whatever it is. But midlife becomes the place where all the choices you made from your younger years end up bothering you and creating problems for you when you have been stressed for a long period of time. And so I think when we're talking about this, when we're talking about school and where people ultimately end up in their careers and all of that stuff, we're really talking about a sense of belonging. Where do you belong? Where do you fit? What is the right place for you? Where do you feel fulfilled? Who are the people who you want to be around 
What are the activities that you would like to participate in? What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? And that's a tricky question in and of itself because, because my idea of lifestyle is this. I will never work on the weekends. Not a chance in hell. You couldn't pay me enough money to work on the weekends. Now, when I was younger, I did. But now, no. I'm never going to work on the weekends. Never going to work late, late nights. Not going to happen. Never going to work in a situation in which I feel stressed out regularly going to work. I am far too old and I have come way too far to ever do any of those things. Now, other people, they don't see that as a problem. Late nights, weekends, being on call, being called in the middle of the night, no problem. Because for those people, lifestyle has to do with making good money doing that stuff. And so lifestyle has to do with living a good life with lots of extra toys, travel, fun, etc. No matter what the cost is from a stress perspective. So that's a good question. Where do you feel like you fit? Where do you belong? Did you make the right decisions to end up where you are today? Were you pushed into going to school for something that you didn't ultimately want to do, but you couldn't speak up about it? Did you make the right choices when you had the chance to decide on college or maybe going into the trades or something like that? Where do you fit? Because this question is a fundamental question for all of us. Our sense of belonging is such a big need that so many people have and so many people struggle with when they come to therapy. And so I would encourage you to courageously figure out where it is that you fit and where you have a sense of belonging. And if you feel like you don't, and you're in a place where you don't belong with the people or the tasks that you've been given, then it's time to come to therapy and figure out what you need to shift in order to make that happen. And you don't need to make a decision overnight. You don't have to suddenly blow up your life. But you just might need to be willing to take a look at it and look at small ways you could pivot to getting closer to finding where you belong. And that might mean that you have to go back to school. Be well, and thank you for listening.